you click on the pictures there they're actually free videos you'll get more if you check them out on a laptop or an old school computer just enable the Adobe plugins and the videos will automatically start playing for you I update them every week and you can check out me and my friends the free clips of us um, you can get a subscription, make a donation, or just enjoy the free stuff. All of the above are very much appreciated. Thank you. You can also check out the Naked Truth pages and the Living Water Chapel pages there and get an idea of what it is we do here. And that's focused on the spiritual side of all of us. Um, and I personally identify as a Christian and I focus on the red letters of Christianity, meaning quotes that Jesus actually said. And there are very few of them that are actually in the Bible. The Bible is a collection of teachings of different people, of different gods, whether you want to believe that or not, it, you can look through it, there are, um, and, and you can choose what you want to believe. I choose to believe um, that Jesus was sent as our messenger, and he was sent from God to bring us the message, and even gave his life for it, so why wouldn't you give him the last word on anything if you call yourself a Christian? So, um... So we're going to pick up where we left off in the book of John. And the passage that stood out to me most there um, was this one. While I was, in, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I've kept. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Now this one stood out to me because a lot of preachers will twist this to um, mean different things. They'll say that the son of perdition is talking about the devil or Satan. Um, but I, that doesn't seem likely since it's you, if you read it yourself right there. It says, those whom you gave me. Do you think God gave Jesus Satan? I don't think so. And to keep them in his name, I don't think so. And so he's not talking about the devil. He's saying son of perdition the same way we say a son of a B, an S-O-B. The same thing, I think it's just an old, it's an old way of saying that, son of damnation the one who does it that's what he's pointing to he's saying no one's lost except the one who did the damn thing that is that was supposed to be done that the scripture might be fulfilled that's what he's pointing to so he's pointing to judas iscariot most likely but he could also be pointing to the one who's going to betray him today ones who are going to betray him today is at the end of the reading we'll see that judas isn't the only one who betrays jesus he's just the only one who betrays him in that way so anyway that's what happened in john chapter 17 we're going to pick up at john 18 if you want to read along with me uh here we go let's see okay john 18 when jesus has spoken these words and just one last thing this is uh, leading up to the crucifixion. So Jesus starts to say less and less and less as the crucifixion approaches, especially in the Bible. Now, the, our Saturday night, Sunday morning readings, you'll see there where Jesus actually did have more to say that isn't, isn't even said here. Some of it is, is said here that isn't complete, but it is completed there if you are curious and want to read along. So anyway, back to what we're saying. When Jesus has spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over to Brook Kidron where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered and Judas who betrayed him also knew the place for Jesus often met there with his disciples then Judas having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and scribes came there with lanterns torches and weapons Jesus therefore knowing all things that will come upon him went forward and said to them whom are you seeking so just to paint the picture of what's happening now jesus is already withdrawn with his disciples to the garden of gethsemane 
And now Judas has come approaching him with the detachment of troops to arrest Jesus. That's what's happening. And so Jesus steps forward and asks him, who are you looking for, basically? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And it seems strange that they would be asking him that since he's been among them all this time. They've seen him perform the miracles. And Judas is right there with them uh, to identify him, but this is what is, has happened. Uh, that, so they're saying they're looking for Jesus. Jesus said to them, I'm he. And, Jesus, Jesus, and Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. So now uh, Jesus has convinced, I'm the one you're looking for. And Judas is not standing with Jesus now. He's standing with the people who are going to arrest him. Now when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So it would seem like some sort of divine power went out from Jesus in saying, I'm he, um, that caused them to even involuntarily like we're reading saturday night um sunday mornings with the ensigns that bowed themselves when jesus was being brought into his trial or at least into the room where he's going to be tried uh how the signs the flags bowed themselves even though they're being held by people and did it more than once to show that it was a divine um thing going on but they still ignored it and you know looked over looked past it and still crucified him but it Similarly, um, the people, just like the flags, bowed themselves on saying Jesus. And when Jesus said, "He's he, I am he, they also, whether they wanted to or not, um, fell to the ground, perhaps in a spiritual reverence that moved them to it. But it's not really clear if they fell to the ground when he said it. Then he asked them again, whom are you seeking? So um, he asked them a second time as if he didn't know that they were looking for him and that they had already said it's him they were looking for. And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I'm he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way. So Jesus is looking out for the flock, his disciples, and not wanting them to have to go through any trauma any more than they're already going to have to go through seeing their leader, their master, their loved one, Jesus, um, be arrested and murdered and stuff. Um, but he's looking out for them and telling the, the ones who are there to arrest him to let his disciples go since it's just him they're looking for. That the saying might be fulfilled which he spoke of those whom you gave me I've lost none. So the writer here is saying that this is the fulfillment of what Jesus has just, had just said about when he was praying to God in chapter 17 about all those who give him in the whole son of perdition thing. That's what he's referring what the writer is referring to. Excuse me. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So here you see, I mean, if you can picture this happening in in, um, in an instant, how it would probably happen? Because who's going to stand there and let you cut their ear off while you sew it while you saw it off? More than likely, it's a very it's probably a sharp sword because that'd be the point of having a sword to keep it sharp. Maybe in like a one fell swoop meaning to slice his head off maybe he moved and it ended up getting his ear i don't know whatever the case it ended up cutting off the uh, servant's ear peter did so jesus said to peter put your sword into the sheath shall i not drink the cup which my father has given me so don't overlook that a lot of preachers will glorify peter for having a sword or having a weapon and being willing to fight but you see, Jesus didn't glorify that. Jesus immediately rebukes that. So when people tell you, oh, it's okay for you to have a knife, to have a gun, have a sword to defend yourself, 
if you want to do that and believe that, sure, it's okay. But that's not what Jesus says. And even here in defending himself, not even defending himself, having someone defend him for himself, he doesn't even approve of that. It's it's a different path you're to take if you're a Christian. Then the detachment of troops and the captain, and I'm not saying it's easy. And then the detachment of troops and the captain and officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. So let you know, um, they are proceeding with what their mission was to arrest Jesus and take him away. And they led him away to Annas first, who was of. For he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. So one quick thing to point out there. Some of those same preachers that would try to twist different things will twist the the passage about uh, Jesus' lineage. Where it goes through Joseph, of, uh, Joseph and his lineage. And it says Joseph as was supposed. And they'll tell you that that is actually meaning in-laws. Uh, that Joseph was father-in-law that's not the same thing a father-in-law is not the same thing as a stepfather which joseph actually was so it's not like he was an in-law and it's not listing the in-laws genealogy it says very clearly whose genealogy is listed there and you know it's not talking in-laws because here very clearly we have the words in-law the phrase father-in-law right there so if they wanted to say that joseph was father-in-law or was an in-law situation that's what it would said it said as was supposed because that's what people assume. That's what people suppose. Who so, who people suppose Joseph to be as a relation to Jesus rather than what he actually was. So don't let people lie to you unless you just like being lied to. Some people do. A third of the country clearly likes being lied to. They don't have the sense enough to even go by what the president says himself. He'll say one thing like he's once the last time he was running, he was all against the electoral college. It needs to be abolished. It rigs elections. Until he won with it. Then he doesn't say it anymore. And his people, the base is too stupid to even remember and say, hey, you said that was bad. How come you haven't done something about it? He's been whining constantly about votes, mail-in votes being rigged and all the fraud that's going to take place. Rather than whine, he has so much power. Why doesn't he do something about it? Why doesn't his people, his base have the sense enough to say, well, if it's that big a problem, you have four years. Why haven't you done something about it? No. Build a wall that Mexico is going to pay for? No, didn't happen. Healthcare, cheaper, better for everyone? No, didn't happen either. So a bunch of lies. But people, some people, like I said, like to be lied to and refuse to hear the truth. So what can you do? So anyway, here, um, it's not an as was supposed. It's an in-law. So they've taken Jesus to the high priest father-in-law uh, of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. Now, it was Caiaphas who advised the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. So um, that's it looking back to a passage where I think it was after Lazarus was resurrected. Um, John eleven twenty five, I think right around there. Um, right after that, the same people, the religious people gathered together and like, what are we going to do? He's working all these miracles and people are believing in him. So they weren't denying that he was doing it or that he had the power to do it. They just refused to accept him. And in the reading Saturday nights, it's out of jealousy. At least that's what's listed there. Simon Peter followed Jesus and so did another disciple. Now that disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door outside. Then the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to her who kept the door and brought Peter in. So notice the female doorkeeper here. 
it's not something you might necessarily think since women's roles are so limited back then and even now in many situations but it's a female doorkeeper and peter's gone that goes into the trial and so has the other disciple who jesus loved that's generally believed to be john the same one who wrote this gospel when it says that pen the gospel then the servant girl or passed it along anyway then the servant girl who kept the door said to peter you're not also one of this man's disciples are you so they read that's how you know jesus has moved around a lot crowds have followed him huge crowds multitudes viral he's gone from town to town place to place healing people doing miracles and teaching so people recognize him and they also clearly recognize some of his posse his his, his gang of 12 male disciples because there were a lot more there were females also and others um but the, so they recognize peter as being one of his crew um but peter says he's not and they, i'm not going to read it there because obviously i wouldn't want to say that but he said he's not now the servants and officers who had made a fire of coal stood there for it was cold and they warmed themselves and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. So let you know, he's denied Jesus once and sort of moved on to go warm himself and play it off, act like everything's normal. The high priest then asked Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine. So now this is like Jesus' trial is underway. Uh, Jesus answered him, I spoke openly to the world. I always taught in synagogues and in the temple where the Jews always meet. And in secret, I've said nothing. So Jesus, in defending himself, is to saying, examine my record. Look and see what I've done. Just like if you're going to vote, examine the record. Look at what they've done. Look at what they've said. Look at what they've done. On both sides, on all sides, whoever's running any time, not just this time, don't just be so blind that you just follow like a mindless sheep actually see what it is people have said and what they've done and how it aligns and how it aligns with what you believe or just keep being a blind sheep a lot of people are um so then the high priest asked jesus about his disciples and his doctrine jesus answered him that he's like look i haven't done anything in secret i've done this stuff openly you know it because you followed me around so it's not like uh you don't know what my message has been so he says if you want to know why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. Indeed, they know what I said. So Jesus is saying, don't ask me to repeat myself again when I've said the same thing a thousand times. It hasn't changed from place to place to place where I've gone, even you being witnesses of it. And now you want to ask again, just like they did the blind man who healed, asked him again and again, how do he heal you? What do you do? How do you do it? Where do you do it? Had him say it again and again and again. Jesus is like, I'm not going to play that game. If you want to know what I did and what I said, ask the people who witnessed it. Indeed, they know what he said. And when he and he says that, I think, in an allusion to the Holy Spirit. That it, it would be the Holy Spirit acting to bring the words and thoughts and actions and events to the disciples' minds as they remembered it throughout the years, decades after Jesus uh, was gone. Um, so that it would become oral, be passed down as oral tradition and then eventually become written like we have it today um that's the work of the holy spirit i mean i believe according to what jesus has said before and when he had said these things one of the officers who stood by struck jesus with the palm of his hand saying do you answer the high priest like that so you can imagine that um people get outraged if you say things about preachers even though they're 
caught in all kinds of situations, whether they're caught in bathrooms looking for same-sex relations or whether they're caught um, in troubles with extras in their marriage, even though they're preaching one thing but doing another, whatever the case may be, it's nothing new. The religious folks are often some of the most ratchet people um, that you even want to deal with or may not want to deal with. But here he's... Um, they're defending him. They're like, well, how dare you talk that way to our religious people? They don't want to hear it, so they struck Jesus. They slapped him. Jesus answered, if I've spoken evil, bear witness to the evil, but if well, why do you strike me? So Jesus is saying, if I've said something wrong, then tell everybody what it is that I said that's wrong. Because he didn't say anything except that what I did and what I said, the people who were there know what I said, ask them. They'll be the witnesses. Which is actually how the trials are supposed to be according to their own law. You're supposed to establish every word by the mouth of two or three witnesses. So rather than questioning Jesus, why wouldn't you question all the people, the witnesses that were there to see if what they're accusing of him of is actually true? But that's not, they didn't do that, or at least here, because that's not the point of it. The point of it is to crucify him, to kill him, as we've read on Saturday night. Anyway, so they're saying, how dare you? Um, then Anna sent him bound. Um, to Caiaphas, the, the priest. So now he sent him to his father-in-law to um, deal with him. Now Simon Peter stood, or was it the son-in-law sending it to the father-in-law? Anyway, that's how it is. He's, he's done with him. He's sending him to the other. Now Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. Therefore they said to him, You're not also one of his disciples, are you? So again, people have recognized Peter um, as being with them and questioning it. He denied it and said, He's not. And you, I've already said why well, I'm not going to read what it says. So one of the servants of the high priest, a relative of him whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did I not see you in the garden with him? So this is Malchus's relative. Malchus was the name of the servant whose ear got cut off. Um, and when Jesus rebuked Peter for doing it, um, his relative is like, Didn't I see you in the garden with him? So, of course, he'd recognize him. He's the one who cut off his, his cousin or uncles or whoever he is, his family's ear. So you know he's not mistaken. He can make a positive identification that that is Peter and you are one of the disciples. Peter then denied again and immediately a rooster crowed. So that's three denials. That's uh, let's you know Judas wasn't the only one who betrayed Jesus. P Peter also um, betrayed him here. Denied even knowing him. Then they led Jesus from Chi And trans people can relate to this because I know lots of people who I've made movies with who are completely open with their um, sexuality, their preference, and completely confident in their manhood. But I know a whole lot more, 10 times, 20 times, 100 times more, who are nowhere near that, who don't want anyone to know any of the things they're into, or even to know that they uh, even know me. So it's out there. And so similarly, I think that's what Jesus is saying here, um, showing us an example that even though the disciples walked with him and Peter was the one who he said that the Holy Spirit revealed something through him, uh, at one point, even him denied Jesus. Even he denied Jesus, even though people consider him the most faithful and the cornerstone of the church, and people think he's going to be the one greeting people in heaven and let... Jesus never said any of that. So anyway, but they themselves did not go into the praetorium lest, um, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. So defiled means ritually, religiously, unclean so you wouldn't be allowed to eat the Passover 
uh, Pilate then went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? So the governor of the trial, the judge of the trial, the governor of the land, the Roman, is wondering, what is it you're bringing him to me for? What is it you're accusing him of? They answered and said to him, If he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. So that lets you know they don't actually have a case. They don't have any case that they're willing to present. They're just saying, take our word for it. He's guilty. Just go ahead and take our word for him. Otherwise, we wouldn't even be here. Sort of like how people do now with black people in the law enforcement and justice system. How black people are automatically assumed guilty and many times prosecuted and judged and executed by the officer before they're even arrested. Whereas, you see white people and this is not a race statement because like i said i know and have friends and lovers of all different races and race is only something people made up anyway but so it's not that kind of statement but you see you you can deny it if you want to but you can see it very clearly even the one who just shot two people can walk up to the police with a machine gun across his uh chest and wave to the police be embraced by the police and even be given water by the police refreshments by the police even though one, he was out after the curfew. Two, he crossed state lines with the, with the firearm. Three, he was there with the firearm and it just killed people and was there terrorizing people. But all of that could be overlooked because he has the right skin color. So you can't deny, you can deny it, but you just be, you wouldn't be fooling anybody to deny that there's a double standard of one person being assumed to be guilty and murdered with no weapon, another person fully armed, presumed to be innocent and let go. It's not right. And it's how it is the state of America. Uh, so therefore the Jews said to him, it is not lawful. Then Pilate said to them, you take him and judge him according to your law. That's where we're at in the Saturday night reading also. Where he's like, well, if he's guilty according to your law, then use your law and judge him. Therefore the Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. Although they do have stoning, so it didn't make sense there either why they're saying it's not lawful to put anyone to death. They're allowed to stone people according to their laws. So this lets you know there's more deceit going on. That the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. So it was, uh, they're being deceitful, but it's all sort of the prophecy, I think it's Psalm 22 or maybe Psalm 24, where it talks about him being the Messiah, the Christ being stretched out, and um, um, the, the wine mingled with gall, and the people mocking him, and the sort of lays out the events of the crucifixion in the book of Psalms. Um, and so that's already sort of laid out. So that's really the reason why they're doing it. At least that's the that's the root cause of why they're doing it. The reason, it's no reasoning to it at all, except that it's to fulfill what was meant to happen anyway, as far as what believers, how believers would figure it out, how I make sense of it. Uh, then Pilate entered the Praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? So now the governor, the Roman, has gone there and he's like, plain and simple, are you the king of these people? Are you their king? Jesus answered him, are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? So Jesus, again, is answering a question with a question rather than saying, yes, I'm the king of the Jews. Or, yes, I'm the Messiah. Yes, I'm the Christ. Yes, I'm the one they prophesied of. He didn't answer any of that. And he could have. Instead, he answered it with a question. He says, well, do you know that yourself? Is that where it's coming from? Or are you asking me that because other people have said this about me as a gossip that you've heard? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? 
So he's letting him know, I'm not part of your faith. I'm not part of your religion. I don't follow any of that stuff. Romans back then had a, it's not like it is now where it's Roman Catholicism is like the law, the religion of the land of that area. Um, back then, it was gods and goddesses. It was like Zeus and Hercules and all of these things, what we call mythology nowadays. That's what they worshiped then. So um, he wasn't a part of any of the Hebrew history, wasn't into any of the Israelite history, he wasn't into any of the prophecies, he was not into any of that at all. He was a different faith. What we wouldn't even call faith now, but that's what it was back then, because it was their gods and goddesses according to their belief. So he's like, I'm not one of you, I don't know what's going on, what is it you've done to take these people off? He's asking Jesus. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. So again, Jesus doesn't really answer his question. He, um, he just gives him more information and lets him know, um, yeah, I am a king, like you said, but my kingdom is not here. It's not of this world. It's of a different dimension or maybe even a different time and space. But he's like, it's not of this world. He's saying, because if it were, then the people, then his kingdom, his servants would fight and keep the progression of the crucifixion from happening. So he's like, no, his kingdom's not from here. Pilate first said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king for this cause. I was born and for this cause I've come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So Jesus affirms here that yes, he is indeed a king, not the one that he's thinking. But he's like, and but it's for this whole thing. This is the whole reason he came to bring us the message that God had for us. That's what Christians are. That's the Christian faith, the essence of it. And he says, and to witness to the truth, so that the lie can be dispelled, so that you don't have to try and do the balancing act of trying to figure out. Do I live by the Old Testament? Do I live by the New Testament? Do I live by both? Do I live by part of the Old? Do I live by part of the New? Do I just live by what Jesus said? And that's the answer to me. You live, live like everlasting life by what Jesus said. That's the whole point of being a Christian. That we believe he's the one who brought us the salvation, the ticket to that everlasting life. So he says, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So, and this is where we're at also in the Saturday night reading. Um, and he finishes the thought. Uh, Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. So now um, he sort of interviewed Jesus pre-trial to see what is it he's done, he, to find out what accusations they're bringing against him, and so he can act as the judge or mediator and find what the proper sentencing would be basically like how things work now in a court and he's letting him know he's not found any fault in him at all much less something worthy of death um let's see but you have a custom that i should release someone to you at the passover do you therefore want me to release to you the king of the jews and they all cried again saying not this man but barabbas now barabbas was a robber so here it, you can think of it as a pardon like our law and order pre, law and order president supposedly is focused on law and order but clearly he's broken law after law after law and gets away with it so far um 
and orders pardons or either orders witnesses not to testify like in the impeachment and the Congress just lets him get away with it. The Senate and House just let it keep on moving. So the, and who else has it like that? <laughs> but anyway, here he's, he's talking about a pardon here um, that they want Barabbas um, to be the one that's pardoned the robber to be pardoned rather than Jesus, the one who's done miracles and preached God's message and um, even raised people from the dead and even fed people. They rather see him dead and give the robber the pardon. It seems crazy, uh, but um, that's what happened. And that's actually the end of this chapter and this reading. So I hope it was a blessing for you. I appreciate you checking it out with me and hope you'll join me again. God willing, Saturday night, early Sunday morning, we'll pick up where we left off in the Acts of Pilate, the Gospel of Nicodemus. Um, and we have our Matthew Mondays where we go over that Gospel. And since it's Wednesday, that's why we're doing John and Luke today. Thanks again for checking me out. And uh, meantime, wash your hands, wear your masks, love your neighbor, and stay safe. Thanks again. Peace.